Uh, well, hello there. Long time no see. It's your old pal Seb here. Um, I used to do these sort of introductions, and that's not what this is. This isn't an introduction. Maybe one day I'll go back to that, but this is just a little, a little warning. Something for you to look out for. Uh, at some point in this conversation, I used a certain word. Um, I then later went back to look up the definition of that word and noticed I used it completely inappropriately. So what I've done, I've done a little bit of technical wizardry and I've gone in and I've removed that word and spliced in a replacement. And personally, I think it's completely seamless. See if you can spot it. Enjoy the show. Tune in to Where Do You See Every day, week, month, or whenever we release We talk about nothing For a second, minute, hour, or longer than you think is possible But we're here to do the impossible Cause I'm a hope, he's Walt And it's time for the Holden Walt Show Yeah! That's all right. How do I sound? Do I sound okay? Yeah, you sound good. You Thank sound you very good. much. Thank you. Always. I suppose we should smooth voice. We should start with a uh, happy new year. Yeah, uh, uh, a happy new year. Happy new introductions, maybe. Uh, is is there a statute of limitations on on saying happy new year? When do you stop doing that? It's I the first time we. Co- I think we did have this talk last year. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we did. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen someone for eighteen years, you have to say Happy New Year <laughs> for eighteen times. Eighteen times. Yeah. So if you've never met anyone, don't ask their age. Yeah. Just does it also count life. for Happy Birthday, Merry Christmas? No, it's just Happy New Year. Happy New Year. That's the big one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're allowed to forget your son's birthday. It's uh, it's allowed. Mm. So how how is your twenty twenty three going so far? Twenty twenty three is going pretty well. I yeah, eighty eighteen days in for yep. the listener for the for reference. I've had a few shifts, uh, you know, back at the restaurant, and January is pretty quiet. They also sent me to the factory once Mm -hmm. because they were short on staff and uh basically they have pots the size of children and recipes that seem like potions okay um so if you want to make tonkotsu broth how many kilograms of skulls do you need oh it depends on the animal i suppose a cow skull is much uh, ox Mm. no no these are pork skulls because uh, you know pong katsu is uh, japanese for japanese uh, uh japanese, <laughs> japanese for japanese <laughs> it's, it's okay pork, pork bone well broth. and how much broth are you making massive amounts i it, would say you need for for enough for four uh five restaurants in london wow well when i'm making it at home for myself i use two pig skulls so, when right. I sc- yeah, yeah. when I scale that up to several London restaurants, ooh, I don't know, twenty, 
38 kilograms. 38, oh. Well, well, I mean, there's give or take, 38 to 36 kilograms. If you're adding a skull in kilogram measurements, does that mean it's powdered? I don't know. I I didn't actually get to see it. Uh, No, I I spent more than two hours peeling boiled eggs. Um, (laughs) That... That was a very strange experience because I got really good at peeling eggs, <laughs> and I can I can I can peel an egg in less than ten seconds, oh, and that's nice. but that's slow compared to the other guys, you know. You know, we've got we've got an Instagram which you know I don't think we really use. You Not could put much, that yeah. you could put that up as a first video for twenty twenty three. Uh, just film yourself peeling a couple of boiled eggs. <laughs> yeah, I have some photos. That's... I didn't get videos, unfortunately. No, 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 you, just boil some eggs in your home kitchen. Oh right, and, uh, okay, as proof. Yeah, you know, make a nice little yeah. egg salad for your for your mum. My um, New Year's resolution is to get that that time down from ten seconds to seven seconds. Ten seconds for an egg. To, for to egg? yeah 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 to peel an egg. That is good. We all got to have dreams, you know. Hard-boiled eggs are kind of, kind of disgusting, really. But I would really? be interested in. Oh yeah, are you one of those people who could just take an egg, and just take a bite out of it? Uh, I do. I do the opposite. You put a bite back into it. Yeah, that's what right. No, I just eat the egg whole. Ugh. With with the skin, you know, with the with the shell. With the shell. Yeah. Kevin Spacey style. I I have actually once eaten a banana, unpeeled. <laughs> I'm I, not sure if you were there. Is that a reference to K packs? Yeah. Oh God, no! You don't hear many. You don't hear enough people talking about that movie. Well, Kevin Spacey's uh, popularity has dipped. Yeah. As of late. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know what he did is is bad, but it is kind of a shame. I, I was thinking about this recently. This is a bit, you know, this is too heavy for a, for a, for a light-hearted welcome back conversation. But yeah. um I think we talked about it on this podcast sometimes dissociating the art from the artist. Yeah. You know, can I you happily you listen to I don't know, Michael Jackson whether or not you, you know, assuming you he's guilty and you believe all that. I I think you can separate yeah the sort of sounds and music and then there's the person and their actions and how they behaved I, I don't think any prominent figure is going to be some kind of angel I don't think it exists but now every time you watch a Kevin Spacey thing you know you do think about that I think about the time that I saw him in, oh. um, Was he in Ronnie your Scott's no 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 <laughs> That was a nightmare. Who's Ronnie Scott? Ronnie Scott's is a jazz club in um, Soho in London. Yeah. And one day, so one of one of my friends and I used to go there because they sold a particular beer called Casquena, which is a Peruvian beer. And we had uh, we'd been to Peru, had that beer, and thought, okay, this is the only place you can get it. We would run past the bouncer and go up the stairs into the jazz bar. I think later I found out that you didn't need to run because it was free entry anyway. <laughs> um, 
And one day, Kevin Spacey was there, sitting in a sort of, you know that tuxedo shirt that's untied? You know, you know when you have like a tuxedo on either side of the um, shirt collar because you look, it makes you look cool and relaxed. You mean the, the bow tie? That's on the thing. Side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. He he mm-hmm. was talking about. I once had a director ta- ta- tell me how to walk. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I remember. Sorry. Did you go? Sorry, did you go over and say hi? No, I didn't. I think we were just like, oh, who is that guy? I recognize him. You didn't. Rec- you didn't immediately know it was. No. Later on, we were like, holy shit! Is that that was Kevin's that guy? Yeah, that was Kevin Spacey. I wonder what movie he was told to walk in. Because, of course, the big thing uh, in The Usual Suspects is his yeah. walk, isn't it? Kaiser Soze. Yeah, but, you know, you, if you've not seen that movie... Ooh, ooh, no, no spoil- spoilers. Spoiler territory there. Mm, it's mm. probably a spoiler saying that it's a spoiler. Probably, yeah. You're giving it but away. Could, if you were to watch that movie now... Would you be watching it going, oh, wow, Kevin Spacey's putting in a good performance? Or would you think, oh, look, there's that predator, Kevin Spacey? Well, it kind of depends if, you know, he, you know, did some stuff to you. If if you watch that, then you'll probably think, oh, it's that guy again. But if you, if you had no idea who he was, you'd think, oh, okay, good movie. I watched a Christmas movie with him in it over the... Christmas period. You know, I did think about it a couple of times, but you... But some people... There are other celebrities and famous people who are pretty well known for having done bad stuff, but nobody ever talks about it. Like David yeah. Bowie, um, uh, Jimmy Page, they all groomed young girls. Um, oh, yeah. What's the Aerosmith guy? Taylor? Oh, uh, you're asking the wrong person. The Aerosmith... Um, Tyler, some, something Tyler. He um, Tyler Perry. He uh, did something like he got a really young girl pregnant and then made her get um, oh, made her get oh, an abortion th- and then <laughs> dropped Jesus, dropped oh her, my god, dropped her back home at her parents or something like that. So yeah, all these people have uh, sorted parts, particularly musicians. Yeah. It seems. I he- guess it's a lot of groupies. So I I've heard that Hollywood is a just a big 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 problem. The whole industry. Breaking news. Yeah, surprise surprise. Steven you Tyler. You know you know you know who was really bad? Alfred Hitchcock. He he uh he tried to have an affair with the girl in The Birds. Yeah. And then got her physically attacked by the birds because she rebuffed him. And uh, yeah, he was—he's quite controlling and very mean and abusive. But then you think, oh, and then he ruined her career. Is that right? Probably. He—he—he he, he sort of spread a lot of rumors on, said she was really terrible to work with, and then so nobody wanted to work with her after that. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Anyway, ho ho, light-hearted. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Yeah. Did you Merry have any... Christmas? Happy New Year. Uh, yeah. How was your New Year's? This week on Law and Order. You, Sebastian Kerry Holtingles, stand accused of the attempted murder of this 80-year-old cadaver who sits before you. 
on a second Alex Jones, the lead in the drama of Scandal Red, who solemnly swears to tell the truth. And the truth is, <coughs> he asked me how old I was, whether we had ever met before, and then proceeded to shout Happy New Year at me 800 times. Um, well, Christmas was very good. Very busy. Um, what did I do for New Year's? Wait, there's New something Year's... that we're forgetting Just to mention. I think well, there's a reason why you're very busy. Yeah, so this Christmas was my first Christmas as a family of three. Hey! One, two, three. So I guess I now have a new baby. A new baby. To whom I am to the, the father. Old one. Yeah. Uh, a baby boy um, called Rupert. Don't forget the second The second name. It's pretty Rupert, cool. Rupert Tor. His full name is Rupert Tor Holdingle. And that's because you want him to get into hacking? And Tor is the... Uh... Yeah, the dark web browser. You know, I yeah. <laughs> I did know about that, but it didn't even cross my mind. It's just a no. funky it's a Norwegian sc- name. Ah, uh, Scandinavian. Yeah. Scandinavian, yeah. Particularly Norwegian. It's like a Norwegianized version of the name Thor. Because yeah. the name Thor is a bit too kind of... A I little Tor... bit on the nose. Yeah, yeah Thor is quite a popular name in Norway. Um mm. But Thor, I think, is a bit... Uh, in Iceland, I think, it's quite common. Mm. I think Tor is a pretty cool name. Yeah. If I have to write him letters, you know, birthday cards and things, I'll just put Tor. Dear Tor. So he was around for Christmas, and it made it... Yeah. I mean, he's too young to enjoy all the Christmas stuff. Really? Obviously. He didn't like he, the he candy was, canes? He was born at the end of November. So he was only, you know, four or four-ish weeks old at Christmas. Wow. So really he was just a little blob who just got handed around to different people. Uh-huh. While you pray like a loaf of don't... bread. Yeah. Pooing and crying and eating. Very similar to a loaf of bread. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Christmas was in the New Year's. We just sat at home New Year's Eve and watched... Nice. Jules Holland's Hootenanny. Ah, very good. Very good choice. Have you been watching anything of late that has sparked your curiosity? Well, are you done with the Christmas chat? You haven't even told me if yours was nice. Oh, mine was very nice. Um, I spent it for the first time with Charlotte's family. And... Christmas Day? Yeah, the the whole Christmas. it's It's the tricky thing when you're in a... Long term, I don't know if this is your first Christmas or not with a, in a long term relationship, but that's yeah. split, isn't it? It's awkward. Uh, yes, who are you I going can... to go to? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that uh, there was some uh, tension, you know. Yes, yeah, okay. I think yeah. every family goes through that, and, it's because it's uh, your first one, yeah, yeah, like that. But yeah. once you, you know, set the standard, you say, "Hey, you know what? I'm I'm an adult. Uh, I can choose where to go for Christmas." Look, I I know right? this is your I know this is your story, but this is the benefit of having a um, a Scandinavian um, influenced family because they do you know in Norway a large part of their celebration takes place on Christmas Eve. Ah, yeah. So on Christmas Eve. Everyone goes round to my mum and dad's house, mm-hmm. um, and then 
that kind of gives you permission free, to be yeah. elsewhere on Christmas Day. Free reign. You, yeah, you feel kind of sad because on Christmas Eve, there's something like 22 people at my parents. Wow. And then this year on Christmas Day, it was just the two of them. So, Aww. It's a bit of a so it's a bit, bit of a change. Yeah. A bit of a sudden, yeah. sudden change. But anyway, so you spent Christmas at Charlotte's. Yeah. And um, every year around that time, I like to introduce Charlotte's family to, you know, a little bit of a quirky film, a bit weird, something, oh. you know, that lifts the spirits. It's a real Christmas movie. Right. And uh, last year, we watched uh, The Lobster together. Oh, yeah. That um, That was well-received. Was it? I didn't like that movie. You didn't like it? I watched it on your recommendation. Me and Charlotte watched it and it was dull for us. But, wow. Uh, definitely not a Christmas wow. movie. No, it, I... Well, no, not really. It's more like, like a Valentine's Day <laughs> movie. You like Rachel... Um, Vice. Vice a lot. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so what was this year then? This year... It's, uh, I'll give you a little bit of a hint. It's mm-hmm. got a couple very, very famous actors. Oh, sure, sure. And it's direct, no, directed <laughs> by the same guys that did everything, everywhere, all at once. But it was their Ooh. debut. It was their directing <laughs> debut. Is it in, uh, like a, Japanese movie or Chinese or whatever that no, is. No, 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 no. It's got it's Daniel Radcliffe and uh-huh. yeah. the guy who plays the bad guy. Oh, I know. Oh, I've in... not seen it. Swiss Army Man. That's right. Yeah. yeah Do you I really remember the actor's name? I can't Paul remember. Dano, I think, or Paul Dano. That's Dano. it. Yeah. Swiss really Army Man. It. It's top of the list, you know, at least in the top 10. Comedy movies. Okay. What's it on? TV? Movie? Okay. Like, like DVD? Netflix? Amazon? Oh. Uh, we rented it, actually. I think we rented it on Amazon or something for just a couple quid. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've heard sure. that it's weird, but... Well, if you've been listening to the podcast for this long, or you're a new listener, I think you might... I mean, it's fairly obvious my film choices are quite weird. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, they are. I think you've spoken about that film um, on here before, but okay. um, interesting Christmas choice. Did it go over well? So, as the movie came to a close with Daniel Radcliffe's character, you know, I can't tell you um, mm. what's going on, but it's quite an emotional scene and Things suddenly change right you know the last five minutes you just can't quite believe what you're seeing, and then suddenly the credits roll mm. and ed uh Charlotte's brother turns to me with a glint in his eyes and it's just glowing, and he says, "Well, I guess a film could be ju- about just about anything <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's sort of um is it a plane crash or something? And then Daniel Radcliffe is dead. So, yeah. The and Paul fr- Dano's character kind of loses his mind and 
Well, um, it starts off with Paul Dano trapped on a on a secluded island. Um, uh, you know, your typical castaway type beginning. And he's about to, you know, end his life because he has, clearly hasn't escaped and he's been on there for a long time. And suddenly, mm. a dead body washes up and it's oh. Daniel Radcliffe's dead body. And Daniel Radcliffe, I, I don't know how, but he is a phenomenal dead body throughout the entire movie. Um, and so, yeah, the, there's a special relationship uh, that uh, emerges, much like Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks and Wilson. And Wilson. Oh, yeah. It's just changed Wilson for uh, Daniel, Daniel Radcliffe's dead body. I, I, you've got I heard... a chef's yeah. kiss. Because Daniel Radcliffe did Harry Potter and he's made, you know, however much money, millions and millions, he's said that he now, you know, he, he doesn't have to ever work again. Yeah. And therefore, all the films that he picks are just films which he wants to do and he doesn't yeah. look at the money or anything he just wants to work with certain people or, or run certain projects so that's yeah. why he does like he does a lot of weird stuff like that i think yeah because i i think he's actually quite a hilarious and weird guy he appeared on extras i remember and i was like yeah. oh that's yeah that's um i like daniel radcliffe because he's weird i was never that much of a fan of the Harry Potter movies when I was growing up. Mm. Um, but when you... Yeah. And, you know, by extension, Daniel Radcliffe. But mm-hmm. but these days, I think he's, he's really great. I think he's grown into his weirdness. Yeah. I, uh, I'd agree. I think... Um, I, I got caught up a little bit with the Harry Potter stuff. So I think I was 12... May, no, maybe, maybe even younger. 10 years old when the first Harry Potter book came out and we were on a holiday uh, in the south of France and my older brother read it to me wow. in the back of the car. And I really enjoyed that a lot. Then, when I got back to school in September, everyone was reading the next Harry Potter book. And I thought, oh my God, kids are reading it on break you know what, I'm going to do exactly the same. I'm going to get the book and I'm going to read it on break in the playground on the wall. You know, that way I can be just like them. I'm really cool. I started to read it. I read it before bed at my grandmother's house. I read it, you know, um, on the wall, like I said I would. And I just got to a bit where there was a flying car and I thought, this is shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I stopped. So that's only uh, the second one. So, so you yeah. haven't read beyond the second one. No, no. But my brothers loved it, um, and I think they've read the whole thing. Yeah, I, I, I liked the books. I think that's why I didn't like the films because, um, you know, I was a bit like, oh, oh, it's not as good as the books. You know, the books are so much better when mm. I was a child. Um, yeah, Fool. which is an, I, I think it's films are people... clearly superior. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, these days I don't think like that. I always try and dissociate. Mm. Um, sometimes you can't, like the Dark Tower, I'm not going to go into it, but, oh, Dark, you know Stephen King's Dark Tower? This is a rambly yeah. conversation, isn't it? Um, yeah. 
I mean, is that any different to any of our other conversations? <laughs> Stephen King's Dark Tower. Yeah. Uh, what he describes as his magnum opus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of a seven or eight book series, kind of a Western fantasy horror. Um, of which I've read the first one. The Gunslinger, yeah. The Gunslinger, which was enjoyable. Yeah. You should read them all. I think they'd appeal to you. They're not all amazing, but mm. um, they are really good. And they're particularly good if you're a general Stephen King fan and you've read a lot of his other stuff, particularly his more well-known works. Yeah, I haven't got round to that, so I don't think it would have that pizzazz. I, there's good books in their own right, but mm-hmm. he's kind of like, if you think of like the Marvel verse or whatever... He's kind yeah. of making his king verse, if you like. Yeah. With these I, books. I got that impression. But so and then they made a movie about it. Well, they made a, a Dark Tower movie adaptation. Um called The Longinger. <laughs> Starring uh <laughs> Matthew McConaughey as the bad guy. And Idris Elba. Idris Elba as the gunslinger. Yeah. Which, you know, I think could have really worked. But it was just a really... They basically tried to cram all of the books into one... I think the film was only about oh, 90 no. minutes or so. It was really, really awful. One of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. And so that was... Uh, and there were going to be a series of movies, I think, and a, and a series as well. But it all just got stopped by this. But yeah. there's good news on the horizon because... Okay. For Stephen King a, fans. Yeah. There's a writer-director called Michael King Flanagan. Stephen. Ah. My, I think, uh, who did, so he did the Netflix, he did the, St- okay, he did um, the Haunting of Hill House adaption, adaptation on Netflix, uh-huh. which was really great, and then he's done a couple of other Netflix series, and he did the Stephen King uh, Doctor Sleep oh. movie, which okay. was a really, really good film, uh, and he's a huge Stephen King fan. And he's now been slated um, to sort of restart or reboot the Dark Tower adaptation. So if if you want to get into the Dark Tower, now's probably a good time to do it because Mm. there's so much content by the time you finish it. uh, The movie or series will probably be just around the corner. So that guy, Keevan Sting, what's what's the director's name? I think it's Michael Flanagan. Ah, okay, yeah. I think. Um, he's basically the Denny Villeneuve but, uh, of Dune, but of Stephen King. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Doctor Sleep was... Doctor Sleep is the sequel to The Shining. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that. That sounds well, good. Yeah, so obviously there's The Shining, the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then decades later, it was, Doctor Sleep's quite a recent book. Stephen King followed up The Shining. Stephen King quite famously doesn't like the Stanley Kubrick version of his movie, of of, Mm. um, The Shining. He hates it. So Doctor Sleep, the book, has absolutely no resemblance or or tie-in to the film. Michael Flanagan, the director, he likes the original movie. Uh And he also really likes the book... And it seems like it would be impossible to kind of meld them together. But in his film, he it's a very true and successful um, adaptation of the book, Doctor Sleep, whilst also 
working well as a sequel um, to the original Shining movie. It, it's it's he's very good. It's, that it's, sounds it, like you, quite a feat. Um, if you've not seen it, you should watch it and try and watch the. Ex- mm. It's quite long already. Try and watch the extended edition um, if you ever if you ever do watch it. Yeah, that might that might have to be on my list. It's quite disturbing. It's sort of about these other people, this this group of um, travelers. They travel around in caravans, and mm-hmm. they all have shine. Um, the ability sh- to shine. Sh- they they can all shine, and you know they all have different abilities to different varying degrees. And what they do is they travel around looking for other people who have shine, predominantly children. Mm-hmm. Um, and kill them to get the shine out of them to absorb their essence. Um, so, so it's I mean, pretty is dark. This based on a true story, because it sounds a lot like the Hollywood <laughs> elite and Kevin Spacey and you know all the all that. Well, looking for children with the shining potential could be Stephen. It could be you know allegorical. All yeah. horror is true. Anyway, sorry that was all a bit of a, a tangent there, but. No, no. That's um, interestingly the music for The Shining, the movie by Stanley Kubrick. All of the music was done after the shooting, and the crazy thing is that the music extremely accurately reflects the action going on, uh, occurring on screen. So if you have uh, a bouncing ball, I think there's a a bit with the bouncing ball and Jack's yeah. like walking up the corridor knocking the, the bouncing ball. Every time he knocks the ball, there's like a doo doo or some kind of violin screech that's in time with it. Yeah. When the little boy is cycling uh, on his tricycle and turns the corner, there's a sudden push, you know, a cymbal mm. is struck and it just has this haunting, yeah, feel. Uh, so originally that that kind of style where music dictates or reflects what's going on on screen is obviously very popular in music videos, like animated music videos, but it came from uh, Disney animations, old old style Disney animations, um, where mm. the music, where the where the animation was timed to the music, yeah. um, or the other way around. Do you but, like The Shining? Yeah. I have a respect for it. I enjoyed the ending. I thought that was good. Yeah. But I, it's just a bit long. Yeah, I've watched it a few times now. I always just always get bored. Yeah. yeah. Which is a shame because people say it's... A masterpiece. Yeah, but I always find it a bit boring. I like some I of think Stanley Kubrick's other movies. but I think it's the kind of movie that you'd need to watch when you're hungover or a little bit ill. <laughs> so that you have an, you can't move. You're going to be bored anyway. And you just lie on the sofa in your little blankie watching a bit of a creepy movie. In your blankie. Yeah. Like, it's either that or it's daytime TV. Mm-hmm. I'd rather pick The Shining, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> daytime TV is just that awful. Yeah, I I don't have much time for sort of truly watching stuff at the moment because of the baby. He is a good excuse, though, to sit on the sofa and just do nothing and just put something on.
This is the 1933 Radio Jazz Hand Broadcast. Coming up in tonight's show, we bring you the acclaimed Spandugal Red with their mighty hit, The Man Who Shot the Moon. They will be joining us in about half past the jazz clock where we talk in depth about their new finger drumming technique and what they use to keep their hands supple as a box of microwave chocolate. But before the interview, so that we're all on the same wavelength, on the 1933 Radio Jazz Hands broadcast, we only provide you with the finest, smoothest, stickiest jazz beats, and we are proudly sponsored by Cliff's Peanut Butter Hand Cream. We are very selective about our choice of sponsors, and we here at the Radio Jazz Hands broadcast community take our integrity very seriously. So it comes as no surprise the Cliff's Peanut Butter Hand Cream sponsorship is based on mutual commitment to bringing our audience the finest, smoothest, stickiest products there can be without compromising on grip or finger dexterity. And now, palm oil free. Keep those sweaty palms free from all dust, grit, and grime. And now, back to the show. You know what I was I was listening to earlier today that I think I think you know you could probably enjoy as well. Yeah. Uh the soundtrack to A Fistful of Dollars. Oh yeah. Just the inter- I was cooking, you know, and suddenly my celery potato soup took on a life <laughs> of its own and I was chopping the celery, you know, in in a very short amount of time. Yeah, because someone was gonna steal it, and I just had to throw it in the pot. And uh, you know, you've got the yeah, it looks like yeah, train sounds and yeah, hoof horses running and yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was phenomenal, and um, you know, it was such an achievement to make a celery soup after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Going back to your question earlier about if I have been watching anything. Yeah. Not really, but that I have been watching one thing which I watch after Charlotte goes to bed and some you know sometimes she'll she'll go to bed and I'll look after Rupert for an hour or two. Um, the Megan and Harry documentary. <laughs> oh no. I watched some of that stuff because Charlotte was watching it. Uh-huh. Oh, what a name. Have you seen it? I got hooked. I watched the oh, entire no. thing. Uh, during, is during there Christmas. six episodes or yeah yeah six episodes or nine? But that wasn't what you were watching, you know. Is that, that's... Does that shock you? Yeah, the Harry and Meghan <laughs> stuff. Oh crikey! I don't. Well, I didn't used to have that strong of an opinion on it. I mm. I, I kind of respected Harry for getting out of it. Yeah. Uh, the Oprah interview. I can kind of 
accept that. The documentary, I think, is taking it too far. And then he's written this... Well, he's had this book ghostwritten called oh. Spare. Oh, that's the trouble. When it's ghostwritten, you get all sorts of weird stuff. You know, he talks about his penis and he yeah. got fr- he got frostbitten. <laughs> I mean, I it's just... important, it's, I guess, in the uh, grand scheme of things. Is mm, that, do we need to know? I just... Um, shouldn't they just stop? I don't know. I, I'm on Harry's side. I'm team Harry. I was um, team Harry and Meghan, but they're just really, you know, it's world's smallest violin type stuff, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah. What I find really strange is there's a part, I haven't read the book, uh, but <laughs> apparently there's a part where William says, oh, Elephants and rhinos in Africa, that's mine. You know, you've got veterans, that's your thing. And they have a bit <laughs> of a tiff about that. And yeah. it just goes to show that they don't ca- they don't actually care about the causes. I mean, that that's, that's a stab in the dark. I don't actually know them. But when you're saying stuff like that, it's like, are you really doing it because you find it a just cause? Or are you doing it because... You need to improve your image so that the royal family military industrial complex uh, continues to stay relevant. Like I, I don't know. I, I, I do think that they genuinely care. It's just, um, you know, petulant sibling rivalry. Hmm between two royals and it's now just coming out in a weird sort of tabloidy way yeah I mean but that's always been the case uh, I don't think anything has really changed but I I think that the monarchy kind of died with the queen like the relevance <clears throat> of it but yeah. how, how, how do they go I mean how would they ever go about ending it I don't know how that would I, I, I would I, I mean this might seem I don't want to get political or anything like that really no. but but i think um i think it would be quite good idea to you know let you know make prince charles pay inheritance tax like the rest of us i think he skipped out on 300 million pounds of tax because he's royal right i don't know i picked that figure <clears throat> out of my head out, my, out the air but he yeah didn't have to pay tax so that's a bit of a bummer yeah, I mean all of that stuff. I don't, to be honest, I don't really care. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't have many feelings on the monarchy. It just kind of exists. I, I'm not one of those people who's really against it, and I'm not. Oh, you got a frog? Oh, yeah, sorry, I'm getting a phone call. <laughs> uh, it's a doctor's appointment. Hold on. Oh. Alan is getting a phone call. We're not gonna listen to the phone call. Phone call. Now back to the podcast. I'm about to say, right? Nobody wants to hear our opinions on the monarchy, Alan. Right? Nobody wants to hear our opinions on the no, monarchy, Alan. No, absolutely. So let's, let's avoid let's politics. Let's just that. completely move on. Um, um, I will say so that Charlotte and I, you know. Uh, one time I came back from chefing 
and we stayed up about to, to about like three in the morning just talking oh. about it. Yeah, we we oh, hold yeah. different views. Oh, she's for the monarchy. <laughs> she, she's for it, is she? No, no, she's team team uh, team Will and Kate. Oh, against Harry and Meghan. Yeah, I'm I'm team Harry, and you know, I think that's the end of our relationship. I don't, I don't. Well, it, I, the way I see it, there's not a team. Uh, <laughs> oh no, no, yeah, but I've made it a team. Is it Will and Kate? Did you say? Is it what, Will and Kate? Yeah. Harry and Megan. No. What's the brother? It is Will, isn't ha- it? Will, yeah. Yeah. So Will. so Will and Kate. I don't see that as a team. I mean they're just part of the royal family. I, I you know yeah. I, I don't see I don't really get this that they're they're just like brothers who yeah. argue. Um Yeah. And I was team Harry when he just decided to leave. Yeah, yeah. Fine. He's just really put, and you know they say they want to get out of the spotlight or whatever. Obviously, they still need to make money somehow. Yeah, because I'm sure they're. I mean, really poor it, now. Yeah, it's um, hard. It's hard, you know, making a hundred million pounds. Yeah, they need Netflix. millions and millions to, you know, get by. Yeah. Um, like the rest of us, clearly. Maybe even if it was just the Netflix thing which they had done, maybe I could do it. But I really think that this book is ridiculous. I think it makes a lot of money. I th- but when you yeah. see all the all the things that is written in it, I think it it's just, and even the title of it is ridiculous. Spare. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I it's, think it's it's quite hard to feel that much sympathy for someone who is upset that they're second in line to the throne. Yeah, I. I think it's right. Basically, my solution, my solution to the whole thing, would be: look, the UK needs a monarchy because it's part of its heritage. But the idea that you know there's a family that is better, oh, sorry, the the idea that there's a family that is better than the rest of everyone is a bit weird. So, in typical British tradition, you know, we should keep a monarchy. But to make it fairer and more contemporary, have it a reality TV show where every single year there's a lottery and there's a new royal family. I mean, that, that, you know, it keeps up with the times. Yeah. No one is better than another. And you get a huge variety of Helen, moments you've got, a, you've got the yeah. makings of a sort of dystopian short novel there i think really you yeah. don't think it could it's not quite there for a full novel <laughs> <laughs> um, well i'm just thinking like 1984 i mean like a short book you know you know uh-huh. i don't think you could stretch that too far i mean you could yeah. go for a thousand pages if you like but okay. um, I, I i don't think i would want to Stretch the limits. Yeah, I, I, I am. There's only so much that Steve from Wolverhampton can can get up to in the royal family. I (laughs) think the story would just run out of air. Steve from Wolverhampton. Yeah. Um, I mean that's why I don't fully understand why people really hate the royal family because nobody, you don't, even if you are, you know, some people like Prince Andrew, pretty reprehensible. 
but you don't choose to be born into that family. And so I think that's why a lot of people respect Harry, because you see him as someone who <clears throat> you've been born into something which you don't choose yeah. to be in, and then you decide to leave. Fair enough. Mm. Um, anyway. Right. Oh, it's good to have a bit of gossip, you know? <laughs> Start off the year with, like, this is, this is you know... Maybe that's what season four of the whole and What podcast can be. We can become a bit of a gossip. Yeah. Uh, a gossip column. Column. Magazine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, Jeremy Clarkson, he's basically, he's been cancelled because of his comments on it. Well, what I find really strange is that you can get a super injunction... And a yeah. super injunction is this thing. You pay a bunch of money to the courts, I imagine, and no one can put anything ab- out about yeah. you in the press. So, yeah. like, with all the smarts and money that Harry clearly has, um, why not just get out a super injunction? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Have you heard of the Barbara Streisand effect? Yeah, 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 yeah. But, I mean, Jeremy Clarkson took out a super injunction uh, against someone, and it meant that they could no longer report on his, like, punching of the BBC person. Yeah, but everybody still talks about it. If you get out yeah, of the but, super but injunction, it, but it, it just it brings it more attention to it. it. It might bring it on, like, independent websites and social media sites, but in the press, they're not really allowed to put out paper what are they called newspapers i forget uh, articles, articles. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah god uh, it's been mm. a long year yeah um you can, t- you can tell that i'm up to date tonight on 60 second news Prince Steve from Wolverhampton has been found tied to a lamppost after last night's coronation. We bring you this exclusive interview with him on HaltonWalt.com. I don't know where I am. Prince Steve? I, Pr- Prince Steve? I like... Could you explain what you were doing last I, night? I went out with the lads last night and uh, I don't know where I am. And... Uh, uh, and the I country was worried sick about you. I was out with my mates again, and like we just—it's just a laugh. You heard it here first on HaltonWalt.com. This is all kind of boring. I know, I agree. Nobody uh, tunes in for this. Um, no. What I wanted to talk to you about was what yeah. I watch with Rupert. Um, uh-huh. Right. Gendi Tartakovsky. Okay, yeah. maker of one of our faves. Samurai, Samurai Jack. Okay, so he's done loads and loads of stuff, but he's come back to hand-drawn animation okay. um, with a series called Primal. Have you heard of it? Yes, I actually watched the first episode. It's it's kind of like a spiritual success. Like the animation style is very Samurai Jack ish. Mm. Um, just you know, probably a bit better. And it also uh, features you know storyboarding as the main driving element to the to the actual 
story. Oh. So what, I, that's how Samurai Jack was made, that the storyboard came first. And the reason why he did Samurai Jack like that is because he was tired of writing dialogue for the Powerpuff Girls. Another, um, another one of so his famous s- ones. So what you say? What's your point? Is it more visual? So it's very visual. Yeah. Um, well, there's there's no dialogue at all in Primal. Mm. Um, in the now first, that's suit, what I've you watched... call lazy and efficient. <laughs> I, it's the opposite of lazy because in animation, you've got to. I mean, it's. I'm surprised you've only watched the first episode because it's really good. Mm-hmm. I watched the first season. There's two seasons, so it's two main characters: this caveman guy, and he forms a friendship with a dinosaur. Yeah, um, the caveman can't talk because he's a caveman. Dinosaur can't talk because he hasn't learned to yet. So clearly, first... that comes in later seasons. I assume. Yeah. Finally, the first you know, season is caveman there. teaches him to read exactly. Uh, yeah. And then they form a actually no. The bond, dinosaur teaches love relationship. The dinosaur teaches the caveman to read. Right. So they don't yeah. have names, but they're referred to as the caveman is called Spear, mm-hmm. um, and the dinosaur is called Fang. For you know, right. I'm sure you can work out why. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the first episode I think is probably the weakest. But there's no dialogue, so they never use those words. No, that's just what they're called <laughs> online. Because so right. the first two seasons are, are about those two characters, and I've not finished it, but apparently their story is concluded in in the two seasons. Oh wow! Okay, so there's, great. So there's going to be you know more, I think, but it's going to become more of an anthology type thing mm-hmm. from from now on. And what it, I think you'll like it because, so we talked about the, the fifth. That you know the final series of Samurai Jack on this podcast yeah. before when it came out, and the complaint which you had about it. So the original Samurai Jack is very episodic. Yes, doesn't have too much. You know, he's got an end goal, um, but there's not much of an arc. You know, every episode is very episodic, and then in the fifth season, the one which they brought back, mm-hmm. does have a big arc. It's it's serial, more serial. Mm-hmm. And your complaint was like that a it, series. Yeah, it's called a serial when it's like. <laughs> yeah, uh, and your no, I'm only, was... I'm only saying that because you, you described uh, episode. You know, Samurai Jack is each episode is very episodic. Um, <laughs> uh, well, you know what I mean. Like they're very sorry to break alone. your flow. You were, they're you very were doing well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the f- fifth season didn't have that so much. Mm. Um, the episodes flowed together a bit more and you didn't get like standalone episodic's the right term isn't it it, it is it is I was just I was only poking <laughs> fun it's just a little prod and that's what you said you weren't that fond of yeah so and so Primal is like that fifth season of Samurai Jack where um, it does feel very continuous mm-hmm even though you don't necessarily have, you don't know where it's heading, it does feel continuous. Mm-hmm. But it also is very episodic, and each episode is quite distinct. Nice. Um, I think it does a better job of of melding those two, like the earlier episodes of Samurai Jack. Yeah. Being very episodic with the serial nature of the later season, I think it does a good job of sort of 
melding those two aspects. Bringing the two so together. So I, I think that you would really like it. It's also quite violent. I well, I do like violence. I I yeah, I I enjoy specifically medieval violence. It's uh, not medieval, I'm afraid. No, but it's it's pre-medieval <clears throat> in a way. Quite pre-medieval. Um, but uh yeah, no, I'll I'll give it a watch. Um I haven't watched that many I, I, I tell a lie. I have watched something animated which is extremely violent and I have lots and lots of thoughts on. Um, is I'm not sure if you know Attack on Titan? Oh yeah. I, I saw the first years ago. I saw the first yeah. season and then I've not followed up on it. Yeah, so for our Japanese le- listeners uh, Shingeki no Kyojin it's it's extremely violent and i think i think it'd be more worth talking about it if when on its own uh otherwise we could get wrapped in you know, yeah i think we're we're, we're reaching the end of the amount of time i can have away yeah. from uh, from responsibilities yeah um, okay so one thing that i did watch which is a movie that i recommend and it's probably a sleeper hit if you're into that medieval violence like I am, mm. um, there's a movie called The Last Duel. I'm not oh. sure if you've heard of it. Yes, I have. Ben Affleck <clears throat> and um, Matt Damon wrote it and directed by Ridley Scott on Disney+. Plus. That's right. Um, with uh, with um, what's-her-face? Jodie Comer. Comer. Who's, Very good. Uh, apparently it's really good. I've just not gotten around to watching it. So she's from Killing Eve, which it, I haven't it, watched. It, it, it was a um, flop financially, massive flop because I think it came came out during the pandemic. Yeah, probably. and it's really good. It's a bit yeah. long because there are three stories to tell, and it's unusual because it's that it's it's your typical historical flick that costs millions of pounds and uh, usually wins many accolades, such as Ben-Hur back in the past and uh, Gladiator, you know, or there was a whole shebang of like a whole era where historical flicks were really, really popular, like Troy and and that stuff. Well, this kind of does it again. It's super expensive and you can tell like this has a really fresh look on medievalism and it takes the point of view of a woman who's just trying to speak the truth um and and this movie is split into three chapters um basically retelling the same events but from different perspectives Mm. and um it's not so much about whether this person is telling the truth or not it's more about how barbaric unenlightened the medieval world is to just simple things uh that that yeah it's extremely barbaric as well is it Um, it quite violent very very violent what is amazing though is you have these the star-studded cast like matt damon and ben affleck and they seem to just like meld into their roles very well i'm not Has sure if Adam? 
It's got Adam Driver. Oh, I love this swole chest guy. He's very good as well. <laughs> He's um, great in everything. But Matt Damon, I'm sure, is wearing some kind of nose prosthetic, or and his face is quite scarred, and they have these odd beards that are just giant chin beards that really <laughs> change their faces, and you think, right. God, is that no that no that's not Ben Affleck. Yeah. It's it's good. They do a good job. Ridley Scott is a weird one, isn't he? Because he's really old. Is he? Uh, he's in his eighties now. Wow. Okay. And some of his movies, you watch them and you think he's he can't he needs to give it up, and then he'll just come out with an amazing film like The Martian or you know you're saying The Last Duel is really good. Mm. And you think, wow, it's good. He's still making movies. He he's going to be making the se- the Gladiator sequel. No. Yeah. I didn't know <laughs> there was a, like a big There was yeah, a Gladiator yeah. sequel. It's on the way. Uh Why? Why just leave it alone? Uh, it's so it's so good on its own. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I'll have to give that a watch. I think it's on Disney Plus the last duel, so um mm-hmm. I'll I'll add that. Is it one which I would probably be better off watching my myself or, or do you think Charlotte would enjoy it too? Uh enjoy is a loaded word it's she likes history i mean is it does it seem historical yeah it is historical and it's quite nice to see a movie from a different uh perspective i think you know and it's kind of about violence against women yeah in a historical setting yeah. and she listens to a lot of podcasts which go on about that sort of stuff yeah <laughs> so, well then she'll probably enjoy it the fight yeah. scenes are great it's really hard for us to sit down and, you know, just watch a movie, at least without pressing pause a million times because at the moment. some little baby is Well, coughing. yeah, he's really good. He can be sleeping and then as soon as you press play, yeah. as soon as you go and do something, which as soon as you relax, basically, yeah. mm-hmm. that's when he perks up. That's when he poops himself. Uh, yeah, he's timed. He's timed it to perfection. He can be sleeping, sleeping all day, and then you cook this, cook a nice meal, and you think, oh, he's been sleeping all day. It'll be fine. And then just as you put the plates down, just as you sit down, he, you just hear, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you see yeah. his hand poking up into the sky, and you're like, oh yeah. no, oh he's dear, distressed. But that's life. Has he got to the stage where he starts putting random objects? In his mouth. He's only... He's not even eight weeks old yet. Oh, okay. No. So, so no. Uh, he, he's still at the state... He, he's smiling. Uh-huh. Um, but he's got a while... Like, he's learning his body, so he'll be... He'll punches his hands and his legs out and everything. Mm-hmm. But he's not necessary, And he's sort of... I think if he hits something, he's kind of realising that he's the one interacting with it. But there's right. still a bit of time left until he starts to... Um, Oh, sort of interact with stuff in that way. It's quite, you know... That's quite fascinating. Watching this, this human being um, develop. Yeah. But, yeah. The... Human, human, human babies are really useless. And <laughs> compared to other mammals, pathetic. If you think of a horse... <laughs> yeah. Think of a horse, you know, basically straight away after they've been born, they're up running around. Yeah, yeah. Could kill a man. Basically, pretty much, yeah, self-sufficient. Yeah, a baby. They just lie there, poop themselves, cry. <laughs> and just, that's, yeah. that's their life. 
Well, yeah. That's because the brain hasn't finished developing. And ba- baby human babies, I don't know evolutionarily why this is. They are born premature, I think. So early. So so early. Yeah. I think the compared, reason compared is because if you let if you let the baby grow, then its head would be too big to give birth to. But obviously then that means that we've, you know, women have, well, yeah, we've evolved um, to physically not be able to, you know what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a failure of evolution in a way. But maybe it's good that they're born when their brains are quite young so that you can... Now that is a, uh, that is a word. That is a fantastic, <laughs> that's someone with a vocabulary. It's been reading about yeah. so, babies, so that you can, um, so that you can have an active role in in developing their yeah. their brains and the neural pathways. Because you have to do all this systems. stuff. <clears throat> you have to make them touch different uh, textures, and when they're born, they can only really see in black and white. So they really love high contrast. Oh, and Alfred Hitchcock. Yes, they just love those. He's movies. a big fan of. He's a big fan of. Uh, yeah. Talkies. Clear window. Yeah. Yeah. The reason why I said, uh, you know, is he, is, is he at that age where he starts putting random things that he's found in his mouth is, be, is related to that texture thing that you, you just talked about. I was talking to someone else who has a, uh, a kid and they were saying the reason why we can look at an object and get a sense of the texture um, whether it's some kind of uh, prickly pear or like a cotton tea towel. The reason why you have an immediate sense of the texture is not just because you may have touched it in the past, but because at some point it's been inside your mouth and you've like figured out, oh, so like if you look at something, you can probably guess what it's going to taste like and that's because right. we just like as babies try to stuff our mouths with as many non toxic yeah, yeah. things as possible. Yeah, I guess our mouths are very there's a lot going on in there, isn't there? Mm. Yeah, he'll he'll be at that stage soon, I think, where he you just have to keep the only things within reach yeah. have to be uh you know Enjoy it while while this while it lasts, you know, this this part where uh I think that this. I think that we're currently in one of the most, I think, considered one of the more difficult parts of child rearing. What now? Um, Just in terms of sleeplessness and and Uh, things like that. He's easy in the sense that you can just put him down, and he's yeah. You can go away, and he'll come back, and he'll still be there. (laughs) That is useful. (laughs) I. I mean. I don't know how useful it is because I forget my car keys. Uh, You know, I don't know where I put them. So. Yeah, um, we've not left him on a bus yet or anything. But it would be harder to find him if he could move around. Did you hear that? No. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I heard that, yeah. <laughs> Is that Rupert? You just blame it on Rupert. Ooh. So I've been trying to... Uh... Oh. I've been, tr- I've been trying to find ways though, to, to play audio. Mm-hmm. And for us to be able to both hear it and for it to also be recorded at the same time. How the time. hell did you do that? And I've been struggling, but this is a way. The 
The problem with the way that I found is it won't record it as a separate track. It's sort of integrated into my um, microphone audio. Okay. But hopefully by the next episode. So the point is if we want to cue some something yeah. up. If we wanted to. That sounds Or background great. music. Or if we wanted to play a game, you could prepare a track. Something Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. Or you can just do a little... Yeah, is that is it really quiet for you? I or? just heard it. It's I'm not sure how it's. Uh. Co- I I mean I can hear it, but it's sort of like it's coming through your microphone. <laughs> I don't think we've got time to do anything else. No, I think that's. Uh, oh my god, we've been that's doing time. An hour already, We're anyway. up to an hour. So before yeah. we go, Mr. Mm-hmm. Walt, any uh, you know briefly any New Year resolutions? Uh, just be. Just keep on keeping on. I'm I'm pretty happy with myself. Um, I've been working with a AI researcher uh, to help balance one of my games. Um, oh, I'm not sure if I mentioned that. Yeah, we'll we'll do a we'll do a board game review episode next yeah. episode. Yeah, give that a go. Uh, yeah, we'll do a board game update from Mr. Walt. Do you have any? Uh, Intentions for the podcast this year, or do you think just go along as we're going? I have I received some fan mail uh, from a friend oh. in the form of a Facebook message, uh, which okay. said, "I've just finished catching up on all of the episodes. Uh, great job! Oh, wow. Keep it up! Keep up the good work. The sketches have come on leaps and bounds, especially the hoarder yes. one. Apparently, that was a hit." So I think we just keep it going, but if we integrate your sound uh, board, then uh, we're on to something special. Yeah, I, I've i been told that some of our listeners don't really watch the movies that we talk about. They just like to listen to us speak. Yeah, This is I really listen, lovely. I listen to... You should get on this actually because they've start they've left the BBC now they've started their own podcast the um, Commode and Mayo you know oh I do I do like Commode um, so I listen to their podcast every week and a mm-hmm. lot you know ninety percent of the movies I've not watched yeah um, at least you just like listening to them they just I just like hearing them talk and I mm. like I think he's good to listen to because Mark Commode is very. Uh, listen to a ball about a movie and it, I right. think it gives you a good yeah. idea of what sort of depth I think you can tell that we're we're you know at least semi-professional <laughs> with a with a sentence like you know he's what did you say when, listen, what, listen to a ball <laughs> listen to <it>, yeah <laughs> that is quality yeah. yes yeah we had a word young earlier listen to a ball uh you know, episodes are very episodic. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm not saying it doesn't. You know, stand just, alone. Why yeah. would you say it any other way? You know, episodic is is, is the right term. <sighs> yeah, I I I learned a new word recently, and we can save it for the next episode. Okay. Alrighty. Nice to um talk to you again and um happy new year to everyone listening yes and 
I think every year maybe we've done fewer and fewer episodes. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this won't be the only episode this year. We'll, we'll... Yeah, no, it it's basically factorial. So first one was eight, then seven, then six. This year, okay. yeah, five. Five will be a good uh, target. Maybe we... Uh, let's do... Uh, let's set an aim right now. Uh-huh. This is a bad idea. One a month. Although, actually, you did some bath time ones last year, which probably I did, brought the I, number up. Yeah, yeah, I did some special episodes last year, and yeah, yeah. it's time to get episode three bath time thoughts out. So I'll I'll throw it in there when, you know, the next episode is sort of dragging. Some podcasts go weekly, you know. In a way, we're slacking. In a way. Or we're just very efficient, you know. Like, people just yeah. love our content. They just can't wait, and only only once a month, once every six months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. it's it, it's in the theme tune, you know. You don't know when you're gonna get it. <laughs> right, you can't change it now. No. Can't you can't <laughs> yeah. just be regular now. Right. Okay. Um, a lot of this I'll probably cut. We're rambling. All okay. Right. Yeah. Good. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. <laughs>